tell you that at Villa Park, with only moments to go, it's 3-3. Villa worth 3-1 up. And if it stays that way there, and the same way here, Liverpool will be champions. Well, Liverpool have done their part. They have won. And the news from Villa is that they have drawn. Liverpool are the champions. It's great just to have won the championship again. Obviously, um, you know, the lads here have been magnificent. We've had quite a bit of criticism throughout the season, but um, we've only had one defeat in the league since November. And I think that speaks for itself. They can't dispute their ability. There's no, there's nobody can dispute that. At the end of the day, They've, uh, they've come away and they've won it and they've deserved to win it because they're the best. How long does it take before you start winning, thinking about winning it next year? Well, I don't know. We need to start right away, I suppose. Oh, and Jared slipped and Denver Barr's in here. Out comes Minilay, but Barr punishes of all people Stephen Gerrard. It's a terrific moment for Chelsea, but an awful one for the Liverpool skipper. It's Firmino, who scores, it's five for Liverpool, it's three for Roberto Firmino, and Liverpool tighten their grip at the top of the Premier League table. It's not that I, that I, I'm not out there a lot over this, I don't know if the people run through the streets and like this constantly, I don't know, but people like how the boys are performing, how the boys are playing, people love the results. For sure, that's all clear, but um, no, nobody, I don't, I'm really, I think it's a lack of respect to think that our fans want to know now um, or want to celebrate now already, are like this, we will do it, we will do it. We are not the group we were 10, 15 years ago or even 20 years ago, we are not, we, it's different. And we are in a really good position in that group of challenges. That's it. Hill City on the edge of the Liverpool penalty area over on the far side, sent back in, Aguero inside the area! Volleys it into the roof of the net, and Manchester City get their goal! And who else? He always does it in this game! Sergio Aguero, the poacher's finish, the close control, the volley, and Manchester City, five minutes before half-time, make the breakthrough. Alexander-Arnold steps in away from Sané, sends a cross in deep to the back post to Robertson, Robertson across, and Liverpool have equalised! It's Roberto Firmino! Running at the Liverpool defence, 30 yards from their goal. Lays it off to Leroy Sané, space for Leroy Sané, onto his left boot, oh. and he fires it into the back of the net. Off the right-hand post. What a goal from Manchester City, created by Raheem Sterling. And a clinical finish by Leroy Sané. On the left side of the area, left-footed, drilled it low, past Alisson, off the right-hand post, and City are back in front. It's Manchester City 2, Liverpool 1. Yeah, all started for me from Sterling's movement. He's originally done Andy Robinson, he's come for short, he's spanning behind, he should have been put in, he wasn't. Then he's come short, um, got the ball turned, ran at Liverpool's defence, um, touched on Sané, should have been a bit narrower for more of the game for me and he was Aguero took care of Alexander-Arnold and uh, and Sane was in the width of the 18-yard box and that's all you've got to be as a striker as a front man get in that 18-yard box and as you do land to your feet and what a finish yeah the dulcet tones of uh, Jonathan Walters and uh, Nathan Murphy calling that game for us last night a 2-1 win for Manchester City I didn't realise Johnny Walters is an Everton fan is he? oh a 100% true blue 
Grew up in the Gladys Street end. Right, so he was just about restraining himself there. Well, I, I have mentioned it to him, and I don't know if there's been a full FA investigation just yet, but Johnny Walters has scored seven Premier League goals against Liverpool. Only two players have scored more Premier League goals against Liverpool than Johnny Walters. Right, wow. He never scored a single goal against <laughs> Everton. <laughs> That's Not right. one. <laughs> you know, it's just he misses, he gets nervous. Interestingly, he said that he would prefer Liverpool to win last night and to win the league because we bloody hate Manchester. Right, that is absolutely mad, because I did... It, I, I the, 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 the corollary was that the Man United fans were, I think, to a, a, a unified voice, the first time that I've heard them unified since the glee at the end of Mourinho, did not want Liverpool to win. Do not want Liverpool oh, to win the league. Everything certainly you've read online, if that's a fair reflection, is that Manchester United supporters wanted City to win that game. Was that a fair result, ultimately? I think... A 2-1 or a 2-all, any of those would have been a fair result. Even a Liverpool 2-1 win would have been a fair result. There was, there was nothing in it. There was little or nothing. There was the width of a post either way or, what was it, 12 millimetres yeah. over a line. There was, I don't remember a game that 24 hours on people are still buzzing about and people, everybody seems to be speaking about it in such a positive way that it was a brilliant game of football. Yeah. It maybe wasn't quite as exciting as the 4-3 last year, but it just had an edge to it. There was a, there was a nastiness from very early on. They were, they were getting at each other. There was the, a niggle. The absence of a red card for company has been kind of, you know, it's been teased out a little bit, but it hasn't been, there hasn't been outrage. I haven't seen outrage mm. from the Liverpool fans, which I think they would be entitled to. I would agree that there's no question he should have been sent off. And so why is it not like... John Walters called it before the game. I was asking about company and he was saying he, he, he's one of these players, the second after the ball is gone, he'll nail you. And he gets away with it because he's the Manchester City captain. And I think because Vincent Company always comes across as being a nice guy. Yeah. People like him. But that was a nailed on red card. I know a lot of the former pros would say, nah, touch and go, not really. But in this season, and what referees have been instructed... Two feet, and we pulled one back. But he was wild, he was reckless. Off the ground. Off the ground. Uh, like, especially when we saw what happened when a player gets sent off the last time these two teams played in this venue, right? Mm. That was the 5-0. Yeah. And like, oh, the 5-0 doesn't really count because uh, Sadio Mane got sent off. But like, it does count because you get the three points. And I think that if he gets sent off, Liverpool are going to win that game. In all likelihood, they do. Like, and quite easily, it feels like. I don't listen. Let's see that team play with. I mean, come on. Leads to another thing, but you would have expected that Liverpool would have gone on to win if that early in the game. Yeah, I. I, ends up being I would off. definitely have been making much more of a big deal of that afterwards. I, like well, I, I think Klopp did. The very first question he's asked in the interview with Sky, he they talk about millimeters and he goes, "I just want to ask, you know, what does I like Vincent Company, but what does he have to do to get sent off?" Like, does it need blood? Yeah. Maybe it does. Yeah. Maybe it does the referee, because he do, obviously the referee's somewhat out of position and is expecting the ball to go one way. It's a bad pass by Stones. And he looks back. Maybe if he, he does come over and he sees blood. He goes, all right, I am going to send him off. But again, maybe because it's Vincent Company, it's such a big game. It's he's not quite that type of player. <laughs> like, but he is. He is that type of player. I know. Very Oh, we all know he's not that type of player. I was like, really? Do we? Right. Is that not exactly? He's absolutely that type yeah. of player. It's, yeah. it's, it's a credit to Vincent Company that he's built up a reputation that people think he's not that type of player. Yeah, that's the I don't think there's a real problem with being that type of player. No. It's, it's brilliant if you can get away with it. Well, uh, yeah. So, okay, so let's let's park that. The um, 
I mean, is the technology so amazing that that millimeter, 11 and a half millimeters, 12 millimeters, is that actually, have we definitely reached a point where we trust the technology <laughs> enough, really? Oh, well, it's great that we've finally been joined in studio by Richard Keyes. Why, what? Richard has a uh, few thoughts on the goal line technology that maybe we shouldn't be as trusting of it. Well, I just think that it's okay to be sceptical. So you're saying that the shadow... Is there... Is the shadow suggests that the ball was over the line? Well, I don't know. I'm just saying that, like... If we can't trust goal line technology Let's get there, better what? science than, like, five minutes later. Like, why did they not go to that straight away? I mean, obviously, I know the because referee the gets it. I know, I know the referee gets it. Well, goes to his watch, chair. I, I get that. But the Liverpool players were like, hang on a second, I want to see that. And just for... The integrity of the game, everybody should be able to look up at the screen and go, ooh, in real time, I think. Like, as, ah. as the computer is going, was that or not? I don't know. I just, I'm just saying. Can't trust goal line technology. Does it suit the Premier League? Does it suit the Premier League to have Manchester City turn this into a, a title race or not? No sending off, no goal given. Who, who benefits? That's all I'm saying. <laughs> wow. That's a good conspiracy theory. Well, I mean, it's fairly obvious. Premier League lawyers are just on the phone there. <laughs> well, I, I love the Premier League. I love the uh, fact that this is... Um, you know. Us as Premier League rights holders, we have full respect for <laughs> their authority in these, in these matters. I'm just reading a prepared statement here. Uh, I think Liverpool also... Um, I wish, why, don't we, why don't we play this first? Because uh, in, the, in the aftermath of the game, again, credit to these young Liverpool players coming out and having conversations. Mm. Like Van Dijk a couple of weeks ago stopped and had a chat with you and that was after a victory. Um, so here's Trent Alexander-Arnold speaking with Nathan Murphy in the immediate aftermath of, uh, you know, decent enough uh, performance from him, but also like a very important defeat in the league title race. Well, Trent, that was a, a game of very, very fine margins. An inch here, an inch there, and it could have been a very different result. What's the reaction in the dressing room? Yeah, obviously we're disappointed. It was a tough game to to take. We're not happy that we've come away with the loss, um, but it is what it is. We bounced back. Just the the execution in both boxes um, at the end of the day. Um, it was a fairly even game, but they took their their two chances, and we we uh, we only took one of ours. So we know that on a, on a different day we might have scored more goals. Um, we had the chances to do so, but. It wasn't our day. From a neutral's point of view, it was a, a brilliant game to watch. The intensity, the pace, the skill level. Did it feel like that on the pitch as well? Did it feel like this was another level from games you've been played this season? Um, yeah, it was an intense game. You know, you come into Man City, it's always going to be tough. We know it's going to be very difficult to come here. But um, yeah, we prepared for it, um, especially over the festive period. It was tough to come here with the uh, maybe a few heavy legs. But um, yeah, we've come here, tried to do a job. but. We got it wrong and, and we got beat. I guess all the talk already is about the reaction now and bouncing back from a first defeat of the season. Is that a discussion that's already happening in the dressing room? Um, no, not yet because I think it's, we're still all feeling really disappointed. We know that we brush ourselves off, we go to, go to sleep tonight, recover, and then we go, go again on Monday. The, the main important thing is to change our focus from Premier League and we've got an FA Cup game on Monday against Wolves. You know, it's going to be very difficult, but I think um, all the lads want to play. We all want to be involved and, and try and win the game. You're the local lad in this team. You've grown up in the city. You know more than anybody what it means to Liverpool supporters to end the 29-year wait. Does it rest easily on your shoulders, that sort of pressure? Yeah, I think yeah, we haven't really, really had any other pressure at all. We know the situation that we're in, the whole city knows the situation that we're in. Um, yeah, people are getting excited, but um, that, that's natural. We want to get the fans excited with the way that we play football and the results that we get. So, um, yeah, it's important for us. Oh, Trent Alexander-Arnold stops and then Van Dijk walks past. Big Sterling words. walks past. 
You're like, oh, fine. Can you, uh, yeah, yeah, it's fine. Oh, yeah, good stuff. Yeah, hurry up there. The way these mix zone works, you take whatever you can get. It's Trent Alexander-Arnold. Yeah. 20 years old, one of the best young players in the Premier League. Very, very uh, self-confident and um, even in the aftermath of the defeat. Kind of suggesting that somewhere along the way they get it wrong. Yeah, you can take that one of two ways. We got our tactics wrong or probably we didn't play to the way Jurgen Klopp set us up with our tactics, which I'd say it's the latter. There's no way a 20-year-old right-back is going to be coming out criticising his manager straight after the game. I, I think Klopp probably did get his tactics slightly wrong. I think he got his team selection wrong. He, he went with almost the same side that started last season's Champions League final, that played all the way to the run to the Champions League final. With the exception of Allison for Loris Karius, it was a 4-3-3 with Firmino in the middle, Mane on the left, Salah on the right, which was brilliant last season and worked last season. And maybe that's why he went with it again, because it destroyed Manchester City on occasions last season. They were missing Oxlade-Chamberlain massively in this type of game this season with the energy he brings. But also... The last month, they've changed their system. They played a 4-2-3-1 with their best football, with Firmino playing a little bit deeper and Salah in the middle. And it was only when they changed that that it felt like they got a proper grip when he brought Fabinho in. And it was a strange sort of scrappy game in midfield, which is why Fernandinho was the outstanding player. I think what will frustrate Klopp is, if you were to have said to him before the game, you're going up against Manchester City, and in midfield, Kevin De Bruyne won't play, and David Silva will be a passenger, have one of his quietest games of the season. The opposite Samson effect. And still, City came out on top of midfield. Like, that's going to frustrate the life out of him. Yeah. Just on that, um, I, it's a complete aside. Uh, poor David Silva. In the middle of the commentary last night, Martin Tyler goes, ooh, a particularly youthful-looking David Silva tonight. <laughs> I was like, oh, I need to Google that. And like, oh, okay, right, that's it. That's code these days, is it? Well, uh, about 10 minutes into commentary, I was going, wait a second. Because I was expecting bald David Silva. Yeah. And then I'm going, who's that guy? Wait a second. <laughs> That's not Bernardo Silva. That's David Silva. Yeah, yeah. It just has become what, a thing. What has gone on here? Just, football has been in. There's a really good Why? monorail salesman selling hair transplants to he footballers. Didn't look bad, bald. No, he looked perfect. Certainly better than he looked last night. I mean, he did look younger. He did look like. Oh, is he 26 or is really? he? I thought he, he looked. I thought it made him look heavier. He looks sort of stocky. I don't know. I don't know. I think uh, with heavy-legged. The jury. Well, maybe you can text us in and give us your view on the uh, David Silva. The important aspect of last night's game. Does has the hair transplant Would you been go a success for it otherwise? I mean, you know, absolutely. I don't want to into anything, but yeah, of course. Uh, I mean, there was a sponsorship package coming your <laughs> way. <laughs> uh, yeah, there's a bunch. There's of There's English cricketers, aren't they? Usually. Oh, there's a Shamrock Rovers footballer who did it. Oh yeah. Yeah, he got one of those. Yeah. Didn't Pat Nevin get it? Oh. He did. He's written about it. He just made a, a wild accusation. He's written not. about it. It's no, it's no big deal. He's written about it. He, he blamed a TV producer. He uh, said, you're going to get more work if you get it done. Obviously, the fallout then is what happens next for Liverpool and if they're damaged. The one thing you always notice, and you probably notice this as well in mixed zones, is players take defeat far better than supporters. Yeah. Like the Liverpool players that you can see there in the background. Lost the game. They've we lost won. the game. We move on. We're playing again on Monday or we're playing again next week. It's not the end of the world. They, they just lose, get on with it. They lose thousands and thousands of games over the course of their life. And as John Giles was pointing out last week when you talk about nerves and pressure of title races, when there were 14 there was big games. Okay, there mightn't have been 100 million people watching, yeah. but at the time you think it's bloody important. So they were quite calm. There was no sense of devastation and this is the end and we're going to collapse from here. Now whether they can respond and whether they do bounce back. What do you do, what do, you do with the team now for the game on Monday? Like, I would change absolutely everybody. everybody. Yeah. Now they've let 
Nathaniel Klein go on loan to Bournemouth today, which I was a bit surprised about uh, because he played the game against Manchester United and you would have thought would have been a, a decent enough option. So maybe they've somebody in, in line to come in there or maybe they're thinking of making some sort of a, a signing. But I would make 10, 11 changes. And they have the players to do that. And not Why worry not? about it. So it's not, not if you, the, the club is not... So they lose back-to-back games. You see, that's that's the only thing now that suddenly you've lost two matches. That game's on Monday night. It's live on the BBC. It's probably the most... There'll be five times as many people watching that game as there was watching the match yeah. last night. That suddenly it becomes this story and the pressure going into the game down in Brighton on Saturday week is absolutely immense. More than it needs to be. But I just think the FA Cup is only worthwhile if you get to the final. And maybe you can beat Wolves at your second string team because I assume Wolves are going to go full strength. But who knows? Maybe you get lucky and you win that game. I would, be, I would be very surprised if Wolves got full strength. I, would, I think that Wolves are absolutely going to be one of those teams who plays a B team in the cup. Mm. Like that's it's a shame because like Wolves have nothing to play for except for finishing seventh. Yeah, go win the FA Cup. Well, I mean, look, I, I would agree with you, but that's get to the Europa League. Not how it is anymore. George Mendes. Yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe Europa League actually makes to the Europa League. Yeah, I, I would make changes because also you can end up getting drawn against United or City in the fifth round of the quarterfinal and suddenly that becomes this huge game again that you don't need in the middle of Champions League matches. Or you crush them. And it, it, you know, it's a springboard to glory. Possibly. I don't know. Like, also, they've had such a busy month. You just rest the players. Yeah. Rest them. No, that makes a lot of sense. From Guardiola's perspective, um, how did his team set up and how did they perform? Like... Uh, I, I heard the lads talking this morning about um, you know the last four or five minutes. People were their defenders were hoofing the ball forward. There was no Puyol kind of uh, finding PK along their own goal line, happy enough to pass the ball out with a minute and a half in into stoppage time. They're like that, hoof it. No, but it, 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 that would have been an incredibly stupid thing to do when Liverpool have eight or nine players around your penalty area to start taking risks then. It's what, they, but, it's what his Barcelona team did do though. Yeah, but, but this team isn't as good as that team. And also, I think maybe we should give them credit. Maybe actually on the sideline they realised who have Liverpool got back there? What is Liverpool's plan? Like, again, we'll have John Giles on tomorrow's show. Like he, I'm, I'm fairly sure he's going to criticise Liverpool in the last 10 minutes because if your game plan's good in the first 10 minutes, why have you changed it for the last 10 minutes? Sticking so Virgil van Dijk up front... And it was Lovren again and again who was the po- player playing the ball back in. Wouldn't it have been better the other way around? Like, like whatever, whatever brilliant football you're going to get from Van Dijk in the six-yard box, mm. there's too many people around him at that point for it to make any difference. He's just there to be a lump. Lovren can be a lump. Headers. Whereas Van Dijk actually might be able to, you know, put a pass out to the right player who's got a little bit of space. Yeah. I, I thought City did really well in the last seven, eight minutes. You know, they won their headers that they needed to win. There was a couple of goal mat scrambles, but they did enough. And they, they almost caught Liverpool on the break on a couple of occasions. The way they set up, like the first six, seven minutes, they came out of the blocks. They were ready. They set the tone until Liverpool had that chance with Mane hitting the post and the goal line clearance. Mane should have scored, right? Yeah. He should have scored. Like, he should have scored, absolutely. It, it has become, uh, the, the story of that chance has become the goal line short millimetre. But actually, mm. that's a brilliant chance for a striker of his qualities. Yeah, I mean, obviously he misses lots. He miss, misses lots is but like, the problem. Uh, but in a game like that, a chance like that, you need your striker to take it, yeah. without question. But, I, I don't know, it was, there was so little between them. Did Guardiola get it very right and Klopp get it very wrong? Like, I thought Stones was poor. Danilo didn't do very much. Laporte was no real option at left-back. Didn't really make a mistake. Company was probably the best of the back four, but should have been sent off. Yeah. Again, David Silva was quiet. I thought the front three did well. Well, 
I, like, I was surprised some of the papers this morning seen Raheem Sterling getting a 6 out of 10. Well, Maybe I shouldn't have been, but I thought Sterling was brilliant whenever he got in the ball. Like Sterling and Sané did everything you'd want. They ran it down the channels, they yeah. put them on the back foot. And Aguero's, like, his finish was just... Everything about that minute was attacking play to perfection. How does De Bruyne improve the team over the next couple of months? Well, he's just probably the most technically gifted player in the Premier League. So they play at their best when he's there. Because in a game like that, he might have found it difficult. But, or maybe he would have just changed the course of the game. Maybe he was the one who controls the tempo and says, actually, lads, calm down, I got this. Yeah. But you want him back so you can crush every other team. Yeah. And crushing every other team might be enough. So there's 17 games left or whatever it is. Um, I don't think they're going to win every game. I, I, City? Yeah. No. I think there's loads of dropped points along the way. Like There is also the trauma of whatever happens to them in the Champions League or the excitement of whatever happens to them in the Champions League. So it's not... I don't, I don't take it as a given. And so therefore the four-point lead is actually very important. I, they were talking about this this morning and I think maybe Carragher and Sunis were talking as well of, oh, sometimes you like to be the chaser. I was making the point. Liverpool have chased. Their closest runs to league titles have been the chase, where they've gone on these ridiculous runs at the end of the season, but they've never been able to close the gap. They've never been able to see it out. Take the lead. I would have Liverpool's favourites to win the title right now because they have the four-point lead, because they have a good run of fixtures, because they played, with the exception of United, they played all the other top six teams away from home already. Yeah. And the atmosphere at Anfield, they're unbeaten in almost two years at Anfield. So I think that Brighton game is huge. Because if they win that, Brighton's a tough place to go. Sometimes. Sometimes. Yeah. They can make it difficult for you. You yeah. come away with three points, you're happy with life. Yeah, totally. I think if they win that, suddenly you're back on track. Normal and you've got a good run of games before you have to go to Old Trafford at the end of February. Uh, Owen had um, a good tip the other day. Before the game, he was talking about Fernandinho as a potential player of the year at 60-1. to 1. Well, That was a good bet. Like if they win the league, it's not exactly uh, getting Virgil Van Dijk at twenty-two to one, but looking, it's fine. If they win the league, we'll uh, we'll see. I think if I think it, I mean the player of the year should come from the um, title winners this year. I think. Well, again, then you're into the uh, complexities of the voting system, and if yes. the voting takes place a month beforehand, Good Liverpool point. are still in contention. Van Dijk has been their outstanding player. Is a shoe in? I'm doing a uh, Jerry Gilroy, James McCarthy style shilling for him. pressure for Van Dijk to get player of the year. Is he still twenty-two? Nah, he's 7-4 favourite. All oh, right, okay. You missed the boat there, pal. Nathan, good stuff. Thanks very much for that one. You definitely didn't put that into our WhatsApp group. Football on Off The Ball. Brought to you by Boyle Sports. Now with same-day withdrawals to your Visa debit card.